If you listen to Share the Struggle podcast, it's no secret that I'm struggling. It is hard to dial up that go get him positive, upbeat podcast episode. But we named this podcast Share the Struggle for a reason. So on episode 177, I'm going to continue to share my struggle. I know these episodes are hard, and they're not for everyone, but I record them because they are for someone. Someone is listening that needs to hear this. Someone has been there or will be here, and these difficult messages serve a purpose. A sense of security, a safe place, a reality check, a call to faith, and a transparent truth. Let me tell you something. Everybody struggles. The difference is some people choose to go through it and some choose to grow through it. The choice is completely yours. Which one you choose will have a very profound effect on the way you live your life. If you find strength in the struggle, then this podcast is for you. You have a relationship that is comfortable with uncomfortable conversations. Uncomfortable conversations challenge you, humble you, and they build you. When you sprinkle a little time and distance on it, it all makes sense. Most disagreements, they stem from our own insecurities. You are right where you need to be. What it do. Hot diggity damn. I am absolutely blessed to be back with you. Episode 177. How do you do? Man, we're going to be at 200 episodes before you know it. And that's pretty damn crazy. I got to say, I didn't expect when I started recording these, these podcasts, these episodes, when I had this idea back in the pandemic to start my own podcast, I didn't expect it to be uh, so therapeutic, and I didn't expect it to be so difficult. Man, we have had some extremely raw and transparent conversations over the past few years. This goes all the way back to uh, 2020, y'all. July 2020, we started this show, and uh, I gotta let you know, first and foremost, thank you, and I love you. If you've been listening since day one, if you are one of those OGs, those originals, put your ones up, put your finger up, and look up, and I want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, being here since day one. Thank you for being with me um, on this entire journey. And if you're a day one If you're an original, if you're an OG to the podcast, you know that episode one was about the biggest lesson, the greatest lesson, the most important lesson I ever learned in life. And that lesson came from none other than my old man. And uh, 
this journey, this circle is not lost on me that the very first episode of Share the Struggle podcast was about a life lesson I learned from my dad. And here we are, you know, 176 episodes later. And uh, I'm still talking about my dad. And over the past few weeks, it's been a lot of difficult conversations about my dad. And I apologize that we're going to have another one. But as I said in the opening, this podcast is named Share the Struggle. And it's because of that name, that moniker, that tradition, the reason for the show that I must stay true to the show and, and share all those things to share the struggle. And I got to be honest, America, this is the biggest struggle of my life. I've I've dealt with some stuff, right? We, we all have, right? We're all dealt a hand. And it's how we play those cards. It's how we respond. It's how we live our lives. It's how we pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and keep on going. And it's not lost on me that I'm not the only one that has lost someone. It's not lost on me that I'm not the only one that has lost a parent. So I don't, for any stretch of the imagination, think that I'm alone in this, nor do I want to turn on the microphone and just preach woe is me. All this is, is a transparent conversation from me about what's going on with me, what I'm dealing with, how I'm processing it, and those difficulties. Because I know out there listening, there is someone, someone that has lost someone and might be struggling to pick up the pieces. Maybe there's someone out there that just lost someone and you're at the same step as me and you can take some strength from me and we can share these things together. Or like I said, maybe you've lost someone years ago and you're having the hardest time picking up and moving on and maybe hearing my struggle on trying to move on. Maybe hearing my struggle on trying to pick up and press on is what you need to dust yourself off and try to move on. And it's not about moving on from that person or those feelings. It's about honoring them and carrying on. I'm not necessarily moving on. I'm attempting to carry on. And it's not easy, and that's why I'm going to turn on this microphone, and that's why I'm going to come at you today with no damn show notes, with no nothing, just a transparent conversation between you and me, sharing what's going on in my world, how I'm feeling, how I'm processing, and the fact that it changes from minute to minute, day to day, hour by hour. I can be smiling having this conversation with you, but there's tears rolling down my face right now. This is a emotional roller coaster that I have a hard time explaining and understanding. I've been through stuff, right? We've all been through stuff. I've said goodbye to my brother uh, nearly 12 years ago. And and uh, a few weeks later, I said goodbye to my grandfather. And you don't go ahead and rank things, right? You don't rank difficulties in life. You don't have like this this big old meter this difficulty meter that we pay attention to, right? We don't have, um, you know, this, like I think about those fundraiser meters, you know, those ones I'm talking about, there's probably one outside one of your local banks right now trying to raise money for, um, you know, some, some Christmas fund, right? And you'll have that 
that like beaker, right? And they'll go out there and color it in as you start to, you know, raise money. I don't have a difficulty meter, like a fundraiser chart that shows this is where I rank losses in life. This is where I rank failures and fuck ups in life. This is, hey, here you are um, being told no. Here you are, um, you know, losing your first girlfriend. Here you are, um, you know, saying goodbye to an aunt. Here you are losing your grandparents, losing your brother. Here's this difficulty meter. That's not, that's not at all what I'm talking about. These are ebbs and flows and challenges that come and go. But I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that this is the most challenging time in my life trying to uh, process all of this. And uh, it's something that we all know. It's something that we all prepare for, right? We, we've said it a million times. We don't come into this life with a guarantee on you and me. We all have an expiration date, right? Knowing that provides um, some clarity and... Uh, but it also provides, you know, some some fear and some anxiety. And as much as we know that we're not going to live forever, and as much as we prepare for those things, when they happen, that preparation doesn't make it any easier. And you can know something's going to happen, and you could not expect something to happen, or you could just prepare as much as you possibly can for something to happen because you see like the inevitable but that doesn't make a difference right that doesn't condition you to not have emotions so the whole meaning of the podcast that everybody struggles the difference is that some of us go through it and some of us grow through it i'm doing the absolute best i can to grow through this and that hasn't been easy as anyone can expect and I'm hoping that by sharing these these struggles, these journeys, these challenges, these emotions, raw and in real time, that it does something for someone, that being transparent, showing my cards, laying it all on the table, can benefit someone and can um, help someone. And as I said to start the show here, talking about going back and making the decision to start the podcast. I never imagined the topics we would cover, right? Think about it, guys. Think about all we've covered in the past few years. If I look at a personal level for me, I I think about I had just given up on uh, a career job and I'm starting this dream and you have these moments of weakness where you think that you're going to lose your business, that everything's going to end. You know, you think about um, the crazy times in in this country with the... Um, like the election and all the stuff that happened there, the the social injustice, the pandemic, all the things we've covered, we've been through, right? Um, this recession, the inflation, trying to run a business, uh, losing a brother, losing Ali's grandmother, uh, going going through all this, guys. We've we've covered a lot, and 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 it's it's today that I really sit back and think about how difficult it has been to keep the show alive, how difficult it's been to continue to push record for for three years. But I can't help but think how rewarding it has been because it's also therapeutic for me. I mean, this is difficult. This is extremely difficult to have these conversations. But um, I don't have a therapist, right? 
And, and, and this is therapy for me. Honesty is therapy. And I think we might have just coined something there that maybe we should all remember that honesty is therapy. If you can't afford a therapist or you can't find the time for a therapist, you can have one by just being honest. If you don't have anybody that you think will listen to you, then go in that bathroom, turn that light on, stare in that mirror and be honest. Be honest with yourself. And the moment you begin to be honest with who you are, with where you are, with how you're feeling, you'll start to heal and you'll start to change. You'll start to build a sense of accountability. And um, that's therapy, y'all. That's therapy. I know that there's bigger challenges and things that, you know, that people might need therapists for, right? I'm not, not denying anybody to go to therapy. That's a great idea. If you need that, go do that. But I'm just saying a lot of us don't do that. A lot of us don't don't go to a therapist or don't have conversations like that. I, I don't have a therapist. Y'all are my therapy. I have that transparent conversation with you that makes me uh, reflect. It makes me assess myself. It makes me uh, hold myself accountable because I can't come on here and say things to you and not hold myself to the same regard. So as I'm having this conversation, I'm just thinking about it. And, and for those of you that are listening that haven't already done so, be truthful with yourself. Look in that mirror and then take it to another level. Get yourself a notebook, get yourself um, a journal, something you can throw those those thoughts into, those feelings into. And and that's therapy, man. Honesty is therapy. Just be honest with yourself and you'll see different for yourself, man. And today's episode, today's podcast is really about me being honest with myself and uh, realizing that I am struggling and realizing that as much as I've prepared for this, as much as you condition yourself for this, I'm not ready for this. And uh, there's, um, I don't know how to put this, there's a uh, a real kick in the ass, I guess, when you realize that you're not as strong as you thought, when you realize you're not as prepared or conditioned as, as you thought. And uh, that's where I am because yesterday was a, Yesterday was a bad day. Yesterday was a a bad day in the journey of me processing, healing, realizing, and uh, carrying on. Because yesterday I I tried to really get back to that normalcy. I tried to create that sense of normalcy, right? I tried to do the things that I know I need to do. And I'm not saying that I haven't already been doing those things, but a lot of things are are masked and hidden just by the times, right? So let me see if I can explain this. For a month and a half, my dad's been in the hospital. And I've been going to see him, and I have this routine, this routine of going to see my dad in the hospital. And there's been... All those mixes of good days and bad. And we've had this conversation before, right? There's days when my dad would throw me out of the hospital and he didn't want to see me. And then there's days where um, that's my dad and, and you don't want to leave, you know? If you all haven't been here since day one, you don't know the 
the personal uh, living arrangement here, I basically uh, bought the family land. So my parents' house, the house that I spent most of my childhood in, is right here. I bought uh, my parents' house and land, and they live in that house. And Allie and myself, we built a uh, garage right next door to the house with an in-law apartment above it. So we all live on the same land. We are all here together. I see my dad every single day. So, and, and, and I've had this conversation with Allie where for a lot of people, when you lose someone, like I've been blessed. I've been blessed to be 40, right? I'm 41 years old. That means I've had 41 years with my dad and I still have time here with my mom. There's so many people that didn't have that, right? And and that's not lost on me. I'm I'm so forever thankful and grateful for the fact that I did have 41 years and those are the things that I hold on to. And this is one of those things that I need anybody listening that's struggling to hear and process and understand. No matter what you had for time, you must hold on to. And and those are some of the first things and you might have been dealt a much shittier scenario than me. You might have only had a couple years with that person you care about. Hold on to whatever it is that you did have. And I'm holding on to, and I'm fortunate and thankful for the 41 years. I am. What I'm saying is that I see my dad every day. And I've seen my dad every day of my life for, for years. It's routine. It's familiar. It's my way of life. I've seen my dad every day. So over the past month and a half where he was in the hospital, it's given me some time to adjust to him not being here, right? Because I'm accustomed to my to seeing my dad every day and having multiple conversations a day. So with him being in the hospital, mentally I've adjusted a bit to him not being home. And life has changed a bit and the routines changed a bit. And, you know, I have to think that that's also just... God's way of preparing me for what was coming, right? And uh, you have to look for those things and say as difficult as they are, you have to count blessings. And would I have much rather had my dad home for a month and a half than in the hospital? Absolutely. But, you know, you can't change that. And if you look at what was given and you try to gain an understanding and find the positives, then you have to tell yourself that that was preparation, that was changing in the routine. That was taking away something that was familiar, that was comfortable. That's taking away a safe space, a security blanket. And also making you realize how precious life is, how important those moments are, those memories are, all those things, right? You have to, whatever your situation is, whatever that is for you, you have to analyze it and find the positives and then say thanks for those positives. You understand? There's things that have happened during this loss that during the time was of great difficulty and inconvenience. But now, when you sprinkle time and distance on it, you look upon it and realize there was a blessing there and there's an opportunity for you to be thankful, to acknowledge it, to give thanks, to say thanks, to count your blessings. In doing so, I truly feel it helps us to pick up the pieces and carry on, right? So, If you're out there struggling, I'm challenging you to identify some things during those experiences that maybe you can find some positives in, whatever that might be. And I can't just 
create multiple examples here. I'm just begging of you to search that for you because you need that. And for me, that that adjustment, now that I look back on it, I mean, I needed it, right? So when I was telling you that, you know, where we are, the place and time, the calendar, the situation, those things have masked some things. I'm saying that my dad was away from the house for a month and a half. And then, you know, when my dad passed, it rolls right into Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week. And you have family coming around and you have all these conversations and, and you know, obligations and your traditions and you're doing all those things. And things just, they get masked, right? And then you go right into planning. You go right into planning the service of you know, finding the the location, making the critical decisions, burials, cremations, picking all those things, right? Um, urns, writing obituaries, finding photos to search through your stuff to find photos for an obituary is uh, is miserable. And I'll share something kind of strange and crazy at that time as well. I think I've recorded about this. Actually, I know I have. There was a time during the year where I I DJed at Bentley Saloon, and the next day I DJed a wedding. I DJed a wedding. Um, A great friend of mine, Mr. Eric Catrano, asked me to um, marry his uh, soon-to-be sister and brother-in-law, and uh, I did that ceremony, and then my, uh, my computer died. My laptop died. And it wouldn't turn on. And I went to Apple and they they said that it was going to cost me all this money to get the computer to turn back on. And I'd be better off just buying a new one. And I did. But I lost everything that was on that computer. That was in, oh man, maybe June-ish, I want to say. And that's been a lost cause, right? And now as I'm looking for photos for my dad, I, I pull up this computer, my new one, and I don't have all those photos. And I say, hey, just for shits and giggles, let me take out that other computer and I push the button and it turned on. Like it just turned on. <laughs> it came back. And that's not ironic because I know I put it there, but there's symbolism there that when my computer turns on, the screensaver is a bald eagle with an American flag in the background and my business logo. I mean, I know I put that there, right? I forgot it was there because my computer hasn't turned on in, you know, five or six months. But uh, when that came on, I just said, thanks, Dad. And I started going through my computer and the things I needed weren't there. Um, but there were some photos that I, I wanted and there was um, music that I needed. And then typical of, of just my luck and fashion as of late, the wife was trying to help me to um, migrate some data over and we totally screwed up our new computer. And But the <laughs> point of the story is that you know, you're looking for things. You're looking for these, these photos, and and um, you can't help but like think back to when you took that photo. You could, could you ever imagine? Like, the, my dad's obituary photo is a photo that me and him took together on our on on my wedding day. And uh, to really truly think that when you're taking your wedding photos, that someday that would end up in an obituary. For your dad. Life comes at you, man. Life comes at you fast. And 
when you're doing all these things, as I said, they're 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 distractions because they're tasks, right? It's a to-do list. And the longer you have that to-do list, you have that don't list. And that don't list is don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't grieve. Don't cry. Don't break down. Don't ask why, you know? If I focus on the do's and not the don'ts, I'll get through this. And and um, in doing so, you you find yourself not grieving or not uh, processing those things. And, and I've been trying to be as strong as possible for everyone involved, right? So I continue on. I continue on the the small things, you know, the the obituaries, the photos, the dates, um, all those decisions, right? And those things have been finalized. I don't think I gave everybody the update um, last week, but um, Saturday, December 9th at Cody's Funeral Home in Saco, Maine, uh, 11 to 1 o'clock is the viewing, 1 o'clock is the service, and then we got a small hall to go to, fitting enough. It is the Eagles Club. Um, it was harder to get a, a venue than I expected because, I mean, it's a holiday season, so that's been really tough but we have something we're still ironing out the details but now that that's handled i have the responsibility of gathering everything for the slideshows and 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 writing his actual service which that's the biggest tribute and honor that i can that i can give my dad and, and i'm looking forward to doing that for him but i've kind of took it off my plate for a little bit and allowed myself a slight opportunity to to grieve and to process but to to carry on. So as I said, based off the calendar and what's going on, you have the holidays and and, then my wife gets a few days off. So my dad died on, on a Sunday. My wife had um, taken, must've been Thursday and Friday off from work. I think it was. So yeah, I think that's right. So my wife was with me Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. My dad passed. She took Monday off from work. And then she worked Tuesday, Wednesday. And then she was home for Thanksgiving. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, so Monday she went back to work. And, you know, you stop getting getting visitors. And um, which you now want to understand, right? But Monday, I I tried to go back to work. I tried to do things because all the pressure, all the decisions, all the things that are going on, I'll be honest, I I feel like I'm out of business. I feel like I'm out of business. It's when when you're a small business owner and um, you only have so much time, like my, my business, unfortunately for me right now, is very seasonal and, uh, when you only have so many months to make it and then you lose some of the months to make it, it's tough. Um, for, for me, if you think about it in the retail business, Black Friday should have been a massive day for me. Small Business Saturday should have been another great day for me. Cyber Monday, another great day for me. But when you haven't even unpacked your truck from your last event, when you don't know what you have in stock, when you haven't opened or responded to a thousand emails when you haven't been doing these things there's a trickle down effect and when you keep peeling back the onion and getting to the center of the core here getting to the center of the problem and and you're looking at things and you realize your business hasn't really made a cent in over a month 
and now you're so far behind, you've missed the opportunities to make money. You've missed the biggest part of that holiday spend, right? And um, it's tough. It's it's tough. You feel like you're going out of business. I know my priorities, and that's my family, and, and, and it's honoring my dad and being there for him and all those things. But my old man would be telling me, what the fuck are you doing? Get to work. Because you can feel bad for yourself next month when you're paying the mortgage on time. You know what I mean? My old man would be telling me, get back to work. So yesterday, I really try to buckle down and get back to work and, and try to update things, and do things I need to do, but try to follow up on uh, custom work and things that need to be done and, and navigate through that and and understand that you've probably lost a lot of custom work because you just weren't able to get to it. And that's totally fine. But as I'm going through those things yesterday, everything just felt real. And I came to a realization that somehow, some way, my my heart has decided to believe that this didn't happen. And yesterday I was sitting in the office that me and my dad made together because if I think back to me leaving the dealership and deciding to build this business, I told my dad and he was excited and he supported me. And again, I'll say this the rest of the my life that my dad believed in me more than anybody ever could. And he told me, yeah, you can you can make that work. I'm sure of it. And I had this small vision where there's like a little nook in my basement, in my garage, that basically just houses shoes. And that was going to be my office. And that's where I was going to start the business from. My dad thought about it for like two days and said to me, I haven't been able to sleep thinking about it. Uh, we're going to build an office in, in my basement. Now, as I just said to you guys, my parents' house is right next door to ours. So in their like daylight basement scenario, my dad said, we're, we're going to build a fucking office in here. And uh, we did. I think it ended up being like a, it's like a 15 by 20 or so. Or 15 by 20, something like that. So me and my dad got uh, old barn wood and we built an office together. And that's the office for Loud Proud American. That's where I do all my work, which right now is absolute dumpster fire, complete chaos in there. I, I don't think I'd invite a mouse in there because you'd be embarrassed. But me and my dad built it, and that's where I work every single day. And by having my dad home and me working in my office, we would have multiple conversations throughout the day, good and bad. Some of them, my, some some days would be annoyed, right? I tell Allie, I didn't get anything done today. My dad came in 15 times, asked me to do this, asked me to do that. And as our parents get older and they ask you for things, have you maybe, maybe you guys haven't encountered this, but but for me, it's one of those things where my dad would come in and say, hey, Buck, can you give me a hand doing this? And I'd say, yep, yep, one second. He's like, oh yeah, whenever you're ready. And if I wasn't out there in two minutes, he'd already start doing it, whether he hurt himself or not. So, 
it was one of those things that when he would ask me to do something, I would have to just stop what I was doing and go do it. And I'd have those days where you're like, man, I got all these deadlines and all these things to do, but I, you know, I had to stop everything I was doing 10 times for my dad. And it's obvious that I would stop anything I'm doing right now to have another conversation with him. But yesterday, yesterday it really hit me because yesterday I was in my office and there was no interruptions. My dad didn't walk in and ask me what I was doing, didn't come in and ask me what I was working on, didn't want to see the newest thing that I was building, didn't ask me for help, didn't want to complain about the neighbors. It was just me. In the room that we built, trying to pick up the pieces and carry on and pay bills and do the things for the family that he always did. Yesterday was hard. Life hit me yesterday that I won't see my dad again. At least, not anytime soon, right? And I, 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 again, I search for the positives and find the strength. And I tell myself that, you know, my dad went so long without, without his dad that, you know, that, that I can do that. You know, this Thanksgiving was the first holiday in 40 years that I didn't spend it with my dad. The first Thanksgiving that we didn't sit across the table from each other. We didn't share stories, laughs, jokes. It's the first holiday I've ever had without my dad. And, you know, I said it at the table then that, because we always go around about what we're thankful for. And um, it was hard to be thankful, you know, but I I, um, was thankful for the fact that I did have 40 years of Thanksgivings with my dad. And, uh, I said at the table that, you know, my dad went nearly 60 years without having Thanksgiving with his dad. And I don't think I'll have to go 60 years without having one with my dad. You know, that would put me over 100. And unless I'm Ali's Nana, who's like 102, I I might not make it that far, right? So I keep telling myself that if he could do it, I could do it. So it's just one more uh, coping tool that I've used to to carry on, right? To, to pick up the pieces. And yesterday I just, everything kind of settled in, right? Going around and doing the things that he did and following up on his responsibilities. But then as much as I've done all those things, it was that little thing that got me. That I didn't realize, I didn't plan for, I didn't prepare for. Something I complained about before, but you find yourself wishing there was more, you know? All the times my dad would come into my office, that's what broke me? 
It did. And I found myself realizing yesterday that as much of a realist I am and as much preparation as I have, somehow, some way, my heart's been believing that this ain't real. That you're still at the hospital. That your routine's changed, but you're, you're still going to see him. He's still going to be here. The harsh reality of not seeing him again somehow, some way, just hit me yesterday. Ugh. I don't know. It's wild to me how life works, how our thoughts work, how our emotions work. Because leading up to yesterday, I've had to handle so many difficult things, right? The prayer cards, obituaries, photos, urns, you know, just all these things. All the conversations. Um, I had to call two of my dad's best friends. I had to do it. They're, I mean, they already knew the news. One of them I didn't realize knew the news when I called, but another one did because he'd already spoken to my mom as well. But they were like second dads to me growing up. And there's these massive chunks of time in my dad's life where they were his best friends. I had to call them and talk to them. For many reasons. One of them being that I felt like they deserved to hear it from me. And selfishly, I needed to hear from them. Because they were some small symbolism of my dad. The closest thing left. I've had a lot of conversations over the past week that uh, have given me comfort, have given me strength. But they've also, in some way, masked reality. And uh, apparently yesterday, I really started the process reality. One of the conversations that I that I had was shortly after my dad died. From the hospice room, I called his brother. I had to call my uncle, my dad's little brother, because I wanted him to hear it from me, nobody else. When my dad was in the hospital, he um, was having a real good day. He was having a real good Friday, and... My uncle couldn't make it. Him and his uh, his wife, my aunt, they were six hours away at an event. And um, I had them FaceTime my dad. And my uncle's plan was to, to be at hospice Monday morning to spend time with my dad. And he didn't make it to Monday. 
So I had to call my uncle and tell him that he wouldn't be able to see him, that he didn't make it. And we had this this real deep conversation. And my uncle said to me, there's only two things important to you right now. Your mother and your wife. You don't need to care about anything else. Do right by them. That's exactly what your dad would do. And he said, you are the provider for that family. You take on all responsibility for that family. And I know right now, you feel so overwhelmed. And I know right now, that you're scared. But I want you to know, you've been training for this for a long time. You've been doing this for a long time. I see it. I know it. You have been a provider for your family for years. You've been taking on this role for your dad for years. Nothing changes for you. Except now you know it. There was a sense of calm that came over to me with those words and I remember looking out the window at hospice just watching the leaves and the birds and feeling a change just feeling a change a change in responsibility and personality and uh priorities since that conversation I've thought of many things and I know that there's one thing you don't do in times of change and crisis and and difficulties and that's to make rash decisions right you don't make decisions that could change the course of fate in those moments but I can't help but ask myself Is being in business for myself the right thing to do? Is chasing this dream that I've had about American manufacturing the right thing to do? Should I be punching a clock, taking care of my family, reducing risk and responsibility, prioritize what's in front of me, Should I continue to pour out my heart and soul once a week, whether I like it or not? Should I continue to carve out the time to be transparent and and share my fears, my hopes, my dreams, failures, fuck-ups, everything? I've questioned all of it. I'm not prepared to answer all of it. But I can tell you, Share the Struggle podcast is not going anywhere. We built something and it will stand for something. And my plans are to take this podcast with me once a week, every week, for all my weeks.
And you hope someday, some way that, you know, I can give my dad something that I never gave him that he always wanted me to do. The the biggest thing I never did for my dad was to give him a grandkid. You hope someday that, I know I'm late in life to do all this, but that you would have a little one running around and, and that they would continue that Liberty family tree and that this podcast would be a legacy, would be a legacy for them to listen to, to, you know, when they're older, because I mean, let's be honest, this is, you don't want to need, you don't need to raise your kids on what I'm saying, right? Have little ones going to elementary school, calling each other cocksuckers and making 69 jokes. That's, you know, we don't need another one of those running around. <laughs> the point I'm saying is that I hope that by doing what we're doing, that this show carries on, that how fitting and fulfilling is it for someone to maybe be like, hey, I have hundreds of hours of information from my grandfather I can listen to. Because what I wouldn't give right now to be able to go back to hundreds of hours of stories and conversations from my old man. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I, I keep recording this this show is there's a, there's a legacy there, there's a tradition there, there's a history there. And there's a great sense of healing. And, you know, if it wasn't for this show and continuing to record this podcast, I wouldn't have the love and support of so many of you, which... I just got to continue to shout out every single one of you. It's been overwhelming. The support has been overwhelming. I can't thank you enough. Um, man, it's the text messages, the phone calls, the the comments, the drop-ins. I'm blessed, man. And I know without this podcast, so many of us wouldn't be connected. We wouldn't still be connected. It's crazy to think when I turned on this this podcast, a lot of it was to to help other people, and I feel like it's been more of a one-way street. I think it's me being helped by all of you, and during these difficult times, it's it's been so invaluable to have all of your support. You know, I think about Amanda leaving food out by my mailbox when she heard an episode that my dad was in the hospital, and and uh, Jen and her dad coming over here with food for the family and to give my mom a hug and to, and to see us when when um, when the news broke about my dad and and all of you that have reached out in your own way and and some of you that are gonna make a six hour freaking journey to be here. For me and my family to say goodbye to my dad, it's, uh, man, it's hard to, it's hard to understand and process how I deserve this. It's, it's hard to understand how I deserve all your support and all your love. I I don't know how to thank everyone. I don't know what I've done to deserve so much love and support because losing a parent's not unique to me, right? 
So many of you listening right now have already lost one parent or both parents, or maybe you never even knew your parents. But we all go through it. I don't understand how I've been so fortunate and special enough to have all of you give me all your support. I don't know what I did to deserve it. But I just truly want to say thank you. Thank you to all of you. And I love you and I appreciate you. And and, and it's one of those things that just goes to show without the show, without this podcast, I don't necessarily have all the support that I have. And that's one of the reasons why I never plan to miss an episode because I feel like I owe it to all of you. And I know not every week is going to be a message that delivers some heartfelt inspiration to everyone, but I have an obligation to each and every one of you and I'm going to continue to try to uphold my end of that. And the love and support that y'all have showed me is just a strengthening of my responsibility to continue to come to you and share what's happening and what I'm feeling and what I'm going through, good, bad, or indifferent. And that's why we've had another one of these these episodes today where I just share what's happening and try to process it because I haven't even shared this with anyone. I bottled it up yesterday. I, I had times where I just broke down and started bawling, but I couldn't even get the strength up yesterday to tell my mother I was having a bad day because I didn't want to put that responsibility on her. She's dealing with enough. She's dealing with way more than I'm dealing with. I couldn't imagine my mom's position. I I don't possess the same level of strength and skill that, that my mom does. I would be an, an emotional disaster if I was her. So I feel selfish in sharing me having a bad day, you know? I need to be strong. I need to be there for her. So yesterday I couldn't tell her like, yeah, I'm I'm really struggling today. And I guess I've been living this false narrative that he's not really gone today. I'm starting to realize that that he is. And uh, I couldn't share that. And last night when I was sitting on the couch with the wife, I couldn't share it with her either because I was just telling myself that if you bring it up now, you're just going to make yourself worse or you're going to go to sleep and think about it and then you're not going to sleep and just bottle it up, right? But here I am pushing record, sharing it all with you, getting it off my chest and uh, bringing it out there to the universe. So there's my honest therapy yet again, right? So I, I don't know. I don't know where this episode goes. I don't know where I'm going. And, and I don't know if there's a hidden meaning or message here. I hope that that meaning and message is that it's difficult. It's difficult to pick up the pieces and to move on. And everybody has their challenges. It's different for everyone. But there's there's a similarity for everyone. And that's that we all struggle. We all go through this. Death is inevitable. 
It'll happen to you. It'll happen around you. It'll happen to the closest people around you. But you need to carry on. You need to pack up and push on, to press on, to do your best, to be your best, because you owe it to the people that moved on that you continue on, right? Their obligation in life has been fulfilled. It's up to you to carry out yours, to honor their legacy, to carry on their traditions. If you don't do that for them, you're letting them down. I've always had this philosophy that when you lose someone close to you and you're you're struggling and you just can't see yourself picking up the pieces, that you just can't see yourself functioning and, and, and doing the things that you've always done. I always try to take myself and put myself in that person's position, like to think of the person that you cared about so much that that's moved on that you now find paralyzing, right? That you can't be yourself. I just try to imagine myself as them looking at me. How would they feel? How would they feel if they saw me struggling so bad? How would they feel if they saw me giving up on hopes and dreams? How would they feel if they saw me just throwing in the towel? Because I would imagine that that my brother, that my grandfather, my grandmother, my dad looking down on me would be saying, what are you doing? Why are you giving up now? You're not honoring me. You're not honoring me by not doing you. And I know there's people out there listening that are struggling to pick up the pieces to move on from some great tragedy. And you have to ask yourself, no matter what hand has been dealt, you have to ask yourself, what would they want? And would they want to see you struggle? There's no way. There's no way they'd want to see you struggle. I think about all the tragedy that's going on around us in this world. I'm blessed. I am so blessed that I got 40 years with my dad. I'm so blessed that I was able to tell him that I love him, that I was able to have amazing conversations with him. I know I am blessed. I know it. I thank Jesus every day for what I have, where I've been, and where I'm going. I know there's people out there right now living through far greater that have been through worse that are handling worse. There's people listening right now that have been through way worse than me. I am blessed. And there's times when I feel selfish for feeling sorry for myself because I know the difficulty that so many are going through, right? But it doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to hurt. It doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to struggle. But it also doesn't mean that I have to give in or give up because it would hurt my dad more to see me stop than it is to see me fail. And uh, whoever's listening right now that's struggling, that hasn't been able to pick up the pieces, I want you to ask yourself, what would your loved one think and feel and say to you today if they saw you not try? So I know today's show's been, been difficult and maybe it's been all over the place, but so is my thoughts, so is my mind, so is my heart. I'm all over the place I'm trying to process, I'm trying to heal, I'm trying to deal. And today's been a conversation in the mirror. Today's been an opportunity for me to have that honest therapy, to turn on a microphone and just put it out there. It's scary. It is scary to turn on a microphone and just say what you're feeling, to put things out there, to be forever analyzed and um, criticized. But that's what the show's about. It's share the struggle for a reason. 
This is the biggest struggle of my life that I've ever been through, that I'm ever going to grow through. So I will continue to share it with you. And I will continue to be blessed by you and to say thank you each and every opportunity I have for all the support that you have given me. And uh, I don't know uh, where I'm going, what I'm doing, but I do know that I will always do right by my old man. And I will continue to say thank you and to count my blessings. So on that note, thank you for supporting my American dream. Now go wash your fucking hands, you filthy savage. That's it and that's all, Biggie Smiles. If you found value in today's show, please return the favor and leave a positive review. Share it with someone that is important to you. Hit subscribe and help us grow our tribe. Are you interested in sponsoring the show? Maybe you're looking to be a guest on the show. Find all that you need to know about the show at sharethestrugglepodcast.com. Subscribe to Grow Our Tribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and all other major platforms. And don't forget to like and share our official Facebook page at Share the Struggle Podcast. If you're a loud, proud American and you find yourself just wanting more, you can find me on YouTube, on Facebook, or the Face page, as my mama calls it. Just search Loud Proud American. If you're a fan of the Graham Cracker, the Instagram, or the Tickety Talk, where the kids be a Tickety Talking, the TikTok, you can search Loud underscore Proud underscore American. If you want to join the 2% of Americans that support American manufacturing, head on over to www.loudproudamerican.shop and get your hands on some of that Made in USA apparel and join the mission. Mission 2%. Together, we can bring back American manufacturing. Big old thank you to the boys from the Gut Truckers for the background beats and the theme song to Share the Struggle podcast. You can find the Gut Truckers on Facebook. Just search Gut Truckers and show your support to those mother truckers. truly thank you for supporting my American dream. Now go wash your fucking hands, you filthy savage. <laughs>